Hello there, space people. Welcome to Today in Space. We're back for another episode this week. And before we start, I just wanted to talk about uh, the easiest way that you can reach out to us. So uh, we're the most active on Instagram at Today in Space Pod and Twitter at Today in Space Pod. So that's where you can catch up on all the things podcast related, where we're posting every day, trying to give you content, especially Instagram stories, trying to give content that's space related every day. So that's what we're, that's the goal we're reaching for. And then you can also check out our 3D printing stuff over at EG3D Printing and at on Twitter and Instagram. There we're putting out basically all the projects that we're working on with EG3D Printing, which is the idea workshop that helps fund this podcast and helps us bring our ideas into reality. So one of the things we'll talk about on this episode is this, for those that are, are only listening, I'm holding up a little CubeSat here. We'll talk about this in Orbital News. But this was 3D printed on one of our 3D printers here, a model that was downloaded for free from NASA. And that's the beauty of what AG3D can help you do, is help literally if it's a, a on a piece of paper, your idea, if it's a drawing, if it's a bunch of words, if you have something that you want to create, a physical model, a prototype, you can test it out today by coming over to our idea workshop at AG3D. So even if you're not looking to get into something, you can at least learn about this futuristic tech that is 3D printing. There's so much that's going on in the 3D printing world from plastic 3D printers like we have here that I, I can literally run out of my basement and help create people's, help help have someone hold in their hands what they're working on. And it also just shows you what's possible because it is it seems like magic, right? It seems like this 3D printing can do whatever, and we talk more about some magical stuff that's going to happen in space with 3D printing right now. But all of this stuff is available, and it's at our fingertips right now. And and, and what it's really going to be able to do in the future is right out of grasp for where we are right now in time. And so a big thing that we do with Today in Space and with AG3D Printing is talk about this futuristic stuff that's coming down the line so we can kind of get ahead of it and learn it. So... With that, if there's anything else that you'd like us to talk about, space science related, or really any, any kind of topic, please reach out to us, as we said before, at Today in Space Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and at AG3D, at, at AG3D Printing on Instagram and Twitter, and you can always email us at Today in Space Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear uh, any kind of feedback that you have for us, and things that you would love us to cover. So with that said, don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube if you want the visual aspect of the show. Without further ado, we have some orbital news for this week for Today in Space. We're going to talk about India going to the moon. We're going to talk about LightSail 2, and we're going to talk about more SpaceX updates from CRS-18 and what kind of payloads were on there and the really magical stuff that's going to be on the ISS. It's not magic, it's science. And we're also going to talk about the Star Harbor tests and where we're at with that and when we're going to get more information from Elon Musk and SpaceX. So without further ado, let's begin. LightSail 2 had a successful solar sail deployment on July 23rd, something the entire team at the Planetary Society should be proud of. Big shout out to SpaceX also for having the Falcon Heavy created to send this actual mission into orbit. This is the first time this has ever been done, that, a so that solar pressure powered a spacecraft. 
Testing on how well this technique can work is underway currently, but it's already shown that solar pressure has raised the orbit of a CubeSat without any additional power, thrusters, or mass used to do so. This will be a huge opportunity as a fuel source for CubeSats. If you haven't seen a CubeSat, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see this, but for everyone else listening, I am holding a cube that can literally fit in my hand. This would be a 1U or 1-unit CubeSat. These can be snacked, can be stacked, snacked. <laughs> These can be stacked to create larger spacecraft, but provide a cheap and efficient way of launching spacecraft into space, uh, especially at a budget. So, since weight is everything when launching into space, the lighter the payload, the better. With this small size comes the issue of space propulsion. You can't really pack a lot of fuel into something this small, so it might be a limit what you could do farther than low Earth orbit. You know, NASA's already sent one CubeSat to Mars, but without more fuel, this means most CubeSat missions will be short. But with a solar sail, you could potentially have long-duration missions with small spacecraft. It will take a long time to go anywhere, and it's not a very quick fuel source, but you can enable a CubeSat to do a whole lot more with solar power. But the big advantage is with larger spacecraft. Being able to coast on the pressure of the sun would allow for more efficient missions. Uh, of course, obviously, fusion would be better, but since we don't have fusion, solar is the way to go. And if they get enough solar pressure and enough speed, they could propel from star to star. Again, very slow, but possible if you get enough speed going initially. The other thing about solar sails and propelling with light is fuel cost. Fuel is expensive, both in how much it's worth and how much weight it takes up on the rocket. A solar sail provides a cost-efficient way to travel space with basically infinite fuel and limited acceleration. And now we move on to SpaceX. They had a successful CRS-18 launch on July 25th, 2019, followed up by a docking of the Dragon spacecraft on the ISS to resupply the six crew members on board with supplies and experiments. One of the payloads on board is the precursor to 3D printing organs. Apparently, Earth's gravity has a major impact on 3D printing organs and prevents us from going farther. They will be testing it in microgravity to see if it creates better organs in 3D in orbit, in microgravity. If we look back to when the first plastic parts were 3D printed in orbit, it was found that they that those objects actually printed in orbit and they had better adhesion properties and strength properties. And they were better parts in certain ways. You know, will organic material be better? We'll find out. This bio 3D printer will start 3D printing cardiac tissue in orbit to see if zero-gravity creates better conditions for layers to bond while printing. While a future where we can print a heart as it as an organ replacement in space is many years away at this point. This bioprinter will allow for testing of techniques early on that will make it help us that will help us advance the ability to actually print a fully functioning organ replacement someday. Some of these techniques will try to 3D print open cylinders that would represent blood vessels, hollow cavities similar to those found in human organs like the heart. The bioprinter is called the Biofactory Facility or BFF. 
kind of convenient for the future where you call up your BFF because you need a new liver and your BFF starts making you a new liver in space. Anyways, the BFF bioprinter will use three basic materials to create organic parts. Those materials are cells, proteins, and nutrients. And the BFF's stated mission is to push the limits of what can be printed in microgravity. NASA is setting up SLIME to the International Space Station for its continuing inspiration and education efforts. They'll show what SLIME acts like in orbit. If you haven't seen their videos of water in orbit, they where they actually, I think, play ping pong with a uh, a little ball of water that they squirted out of their water bottle in space. There's a link in this week's episode, so you can check that out. My favorite astronaut for this type of inspirational educational content has been Canadian astronaut Chris Hadfield. So if you haven't checked out astronaut Chris Hadfield, please go online and look. We'll have a link so you can check out some of the cool stuff that I've seen him do. And just, he's very inspirational as an astronaut. He stands out, in my opinion. Another major payload on board is the International Docking Adapter 3. Or IDA 3. It is the new standard for spacecraft docking with the ISS, including human rated spacecraft like SpaceX's Crew Dragon, NASA's Orion, and Boeing's Starliner CST 100. The major upgrade of the IDA would allow for a future procedure, if I recall properly, that would use a laser guided docking procedure to allow for safe guided docking to the ISS. This will be crucial for when regular docking of crewed spacecraft becomes a more regular thing. This should allow higher human traffic to and from the ISS. To give you some history, the IDA-1 was lost on CRS-7 on June 28, 2015, but a few months later, SpaceX launched the IDA-2 on July of 2016 for CRS-9, and it was installed in August of the same year. And just as a little bit of extra info that I found out from the SpaceX launch broadcast, the Demo-1 or DM-1 Dragon capsule that launched on March 3rd of this year docked with the ISS using the IDA-2. Now, the International Space Station has major upgrade capability for the future of human travel to low Earth orbit. SpaceX also had a successful 20-meter hop of the Starship Water Tower. Uh, a link to that is in the episode's description and at todayinspace.net. That was something else. I mean, the, we didn't have great pictures, but the next hop is 200 meters. A SpaceX Starship update will come very soon, which should reveal some new developments. Elon Musk stated in a tweet recently that yes, an update is coming, which would include a detailed review of the first orbital starship and explaining the pros and cons of each design decision. Because if you've been keeping track of the starship design, it has changed, uh, excuse me, it has changed a lot since the original design. And that's because they're learning on the fly. It's literally a design process. We're seeing the concepts of what they think is possible, and then when they test it, they figure out what they have to change, and the design changes with it. I think it's a it's a part of the process that I think is very underrated, and we definitely should... I am a big fan of seeing stuff develop. It's not a downside that the design changes. As long as they end up launching something that's successful, what do I care if it's changed a few times? But that is not news. That's my opinion. Let's keep moving on. Next, let's talk about India's launch to the moon, which was successful, and they are now on their long-controlled, underpowered journey to the moon. 
To be more specific, the way that India's moon lander, rover, and orbiter combo will get to the moon for Chandrayaan-2, please forgive me if that's not pronounced correctly, I'm terrible with this, Chandrayaan-2 mission will take longer than the Apollo 11 mission. The question is, why will it take longer for Chandrayaan-2? The reason is, is that India's rocket, the GSLV Mark III, that launched Chandrayaan-2, is not as powerful as the Saturn V, meaning the GSLV Mark III can't lift heavy payloads as high and as fast as the Saturn V would. This doesn't mean you can't get to the moon, though. This just means India's second mission to the moon will take a lot longer. More orbits around Earth to raise your orbit and increase speed enough to slingshot to the moon and lower into orbit there. Very exciting times for India, and I wish the team good luck on the next stage of their mission, putting that orbiter in place and delivering the lander and rover to the surface of the moon. And that completes this week's episode and portion of Orbital News. I thank you for joining us for another episode of Today in Space, a space science podcast with a focus on the scientific mindset, spreading love and spreading science. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts these days. Leave us a five-star review there if you love us. It goes a long way towards getting the podcast to more people. So I thank you for that. Thank you for everyone on iTunes who's already done that already. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, if you'd like to get the visual portion of the podcast, subscribe to us on YouTube and find clips of the podcast there too. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at Today in Space Podfalls there. Also, I totally forgot, we're also super active on our Facebook page at Today in Space Podcast. So uh, that's probably the most active platform we have for Today in Space on social media. I would say it's Twitter second and then... Instagram third, but Instagram is growing quickly, especially with the Instagram stories. I think I'm starting to figure that out, but check it out and let me know. Uh, Also, don't forget, you can help support the podcast and help us do more with all that we're doing here by either getting yourself a free audiobook from Audible by going to audibletrial.com slash todayinspace. You get something free, you help support the podcast. I would recommend Chasing the Moon by Robert Stone and Alan Andres. Uh, I have the book here. The audiobook is a perfect listen if you want to basically geek out on the Apollo 50th anniversary. Uh, it's also a great companion to the PBS epic six-hour special that's online for free on YouTube or PBS and available to purchase in like Blu-ray and where, however else you'd like to do that. Uh, we'll have an affiliate look, uh, affiliate link on Amazon for the hardcover book. This one I got when I met the author's at the Boston Public Library for a public discussion. You can check that out in an episode uh, previous to this, a few episodes back when we really first started talking about the um, Apollo 50th and really dove in thanks to that book. It's really a great version that you can really space geek out, like I said before. We also have a 3D printing service called AG3D Printing, which can help you bring your ideas into reality. And by doing business with us, you help fund future projects and props for the Today in Space podcast. If you have an idea, even if it's written in crayon on a napkin, we can help you bring your idea into reality. Head over to our Instagram page at AG3D Printing and see what we've made already. Get inspired there and then head to ag3d-printing.com. Already have a 3D model that you're ready to 3D print? Bring it to us and we'll help you 3D print a high quality plastic prototype built for the application. That's AG3D Printing on Instagram and learn more at ag3d-printing.com. We have a blog out there, projects, designs, all that stuff. 
Have a great week. Be safe and make sure to spread love and spread science. We'll see you next time.